The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. We are back with you on Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. 8 o'clock, the 8 o'clock hour underway, and we kick things off like we do every Monday with our good friend Sam McEwen. Sam, thanks for joining the show, man. Thank you. Sam, good morning, man. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, you know, a uh, taking kid to high school traffic. Oh, hey, stuck in traffic. I dropped her off. You dropped off. We can talk. So, <laughs> Sam, you get you get perfect. Uh, anything worse than school traffic as a parent in terms of anxiety? Like, I'll take the interstate and zipper merging every day that ends in Y versus negotiating. Drop your yep. kids off at school traffic. It's crazy. It is. Yeah. Yep, it is, because you don't really ever know, especially when you get to high school, you're dealing with, you know, um, 16-year-old drivers, and you're never quite sure what they're going to do. Just now, you know, a kid snuck in a turn in front of me, even though it's like eight feet away from him. So um, that's pretty common. Uh, uh, elementary school pick, uh, drop-off can be intriguing as well when you have all the bus, you know, the buses and stuff like that, and so... It's it's a different it's a different journey at each stage. <laughs> at this stage, it's head on a swivel. You've got to make sure that you don't hit somebody or get hit, <laughs> and you know then you've got to time your your child's departure from the vehicle. You know, okay, go. go too quickly. <laughs> but when it, when it time comes, get out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Swing open the door, just a barrel roll out. <laughs> Sam McEwen. <laughs> Like you know, the the paratroopers dropping out of the dropping out of the plane. So. Sam McEwen, editor editor extraordinaire for all your media needs. Sam, let me ask you something: Is it was it easier in your head in retrospect to explain Greasel and Nebraska playing in his absence versus Indiana, or Kalkbrenner and his absence against B? Why you? The the latter. Um, c- clearly, you know, I, I, I'm sure Sam would have helped Nebraska against Indiana, but that's you know that's a tough that's a tough matchup for Nebraska either way because of the way Indiana plays and you're on the road. Um, but but Kalkbrenner is a is a big loss for Creighton because. You change the way you change everything about what you do. Um, you you know Fr- Fred King is I think is going to be a pretty good player. He's not. You're not going to build your offense around him though. 
and so you change you change who you are. Um, I think Kalkbrenner's absence is like Derek Walker's absence in Nebraska. So what happened on uh, Saturday night is that Creighton doesn't have that a rim protector, b mm. defensive rebounder. They have a great defensive rebounder when Kalkbrenner's on the floor, and c they don't they don't have that. 16 to 18 automatic points every every night. So that was a huge loss. And it's a huge loss to lose to BYU because BYU's not very good. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a real shock. Real hit. Um Creighton is in one of those moments where and I think McDermott is gonna stay really calm because I think he has a team that could get really off the rails because it's young. And uh, he's going to stay really calm, but but they're they're in the danger zone. They're playing a team tonight that that could beat them. Yeah. At this point, any team can. No, I, w- I won't say that. Now, I know Utah State beat <laughs> BYU, but I'm not. Let's not go as far as to well, say. Well, Arizona State's a good team. Did you man, not San- watch Minnesota and Minis- Mississippi State last night? Minnesota's not beating Creighton. It's not a good basketball yeah, team. We're talking schedule here, DB. We're talking Creighton <laughs> schedule here. No, we're, we're talking with Sam McEwen, though. And Sam, uh, also on the floor in Lincoln was Matt Rule over the weekend, and right. he got his chance to proclaim his mission to Husker Nation. And uh, by no means am I just a headline guy where I read a headline and just form a question, but the word you used in your article was patience, and I really love Loved the use of that word because how patient do you feel Nebraska fans need to be when they give Matt Rule a chance here to coach? I think they should probably look at what Nebraska is trying to do as a four-year deal, and and here's why: this isn't this this is sort of a, a, a two-part answer. The context of the league is going to change in 2024 so it's one thing for one year next year and then it changes and you add usc and ucla you get rid of the schedule of the divisional schedule and you go to some other schedule that they don't know what it is yet and what you're aiming for that the you know what you might call in football the 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 area that you're land you're you're aiming for in a block it's going to change um I, I'm of the belief that the Big Ten West structure and the way that it's set up has actually hurt Nebraska, but it's actually going to it's going to adjust a little bit over the course of a couple of years, and Rule is going to have to adjust with it. So you're going to move away from you're playing four games against teams that basically sit on the ball and try to win 16 to 13. To everybody's going to be you know chasing Ohio State or USC. Or Michigan, and that'll that'll change things a little bit. So I think Rule's going to need some time because the league that he entered is also going to be changing here pretty soon. Hey, but Sam, hang then on. Got Go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. No, that's it. That, that's that's. I'm done. Sam, but what about so? But, but yes and no, though, right? I mean, Wisconsin's going to change the way that they play offense. You don't hire the way that they did at the OC and and try to win sixteen thirteen. I don't think. Right. I don't think Pat Fitzgerald thinks that they can win 16-13. Even as much as Illinois runs the ball, that RPO game with DeVito changes the way that you could play defense. Who knows 
what Iowa's going to do. I mean, we saw them not give the ball to Caleb Johnson for a full quarter, and granted, they were behind, but they looked like they could throw the ball too if they had to. Now, I'm not saying that's who they turn into, but are we sure that they're going to play four or five games where they want it to be 16-13 in 2023, 2024? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. Um, I don't know exactly what Wisconsin's going to do. I think uh, they hired North Carolina's offensive coordinator. So, you know, that means usually what that means is a quarterback run game is going to be an element. You you can't throw the ball probably as much in the Big Ten as North Carolina did and, and get away with that. Cause quarterback, I just don't think you can. Um, so they'll run it probably more. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think at most there's one more year of this, mm-hmm. and then you're going to see some pretty significant adjustments in the way the league is set up. And so I I think the reason I say rule needs four years is because you have to you have to take that into account, and then you, know, you have to figure out who your quarterback's going to be. Um, if they are pursuing Jeff Sims, and that's kind of an odd story, but it does look like he's coming, you know, he visited or – interested then you're pursuing a dual threat quarterback because that's what jeff is and he's a good he's a pretty good one and uh, you know so you're, you're you're reintroducing the quarterback run game that'll take some time uh, although you can probably win one or two more games doing that um you know that that defense will probably take a year it's not that different from what nebraska's done uh the last couple of years but it's different enough you have to recruit to it and so um you know, I think I just think it would be wise for Husker fans uh, to, to cool the Jets a little bit. Now, people don't want to hear that. They're like, no, no, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we're, we're tired of waiting. But I, I'll say this: that that I think the way Rule wants to do it is a little bit more process oriented, and and the league that he's joining is is also process oriented, and you know, it's just it's just going to be hard. Um, now, if you were to talk to my colleague Dirk sometime and i hope you do i think he would say well there's no reason why it can't happen fast it happened fast at this 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 place and i i guess i agree to some degree but i also would say nebraska's different uh it takes it takes longer at nebraska um the way i described it in the in the rewind piece was you know this is matt rules mulligan and a mulligan is you know another another tee shot off off a tee and this mulligan, he's, he's picking to use his mulligan on a par five where there's cross bunkers at 260 yards. Well, Sam, and what I'm trying to say there is it's a hard carry because there's a lot to do here just to get it back to a place where people feel good, and he's going to have to do a lot of work in order to get there. Mm. Well, Sam, you talk about turnaround time there, though, and expectation, and I kind of trend more on Dirk's side here when I look at how quickly programs have been able to turn around. We'll just take Illinois, for example, and look at what Bielema did with that program. What expectation, what type of timeline do you think or do you expect Matt Rule to have in order to get this team to that eight, nine-win stage? A couple, uh, three, four years. So you don't think um, the two-year mark is – do, I, I don't want to say possible because I'm sure you, you could I, see it happening – yeah, you'd have to tell me what their 2024 schedule is, and I don't know. Mm. And knowing the Big Ten, you know, I think, I could be wrong, I think Ohio State and Michigan are going to get screwed. And it's about time, by the way. But I think you're going to see Ohio State and Michigan get USC and UCLA off the jump because you want to make some money. 
and you want you want Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and you want Ohio State at LA Coliseum. So I don't know if Nebraska will get USC and UCLA out of the box. I don't know if they're going to go with a pod system that automatically means they play UCLA. I don't think they would be drawn. I don't think they'd be paired with USC. Um, you know, I don't know. So you'd have to tell me what the schedule is. One, two. Brett Bielema inherited a lot of good football players. Um, Lovey Smith is does does some things really really well, and he he doesn't know he never he never at every stop he was at. And I'm a Bears fan, so I I love love I love, him. but he never know knows what to do with the quarterback, and so that was the problem at Illinois when he was there. But he he recruited a lot of really good football players who all were on that defense this year. All, a lot of them from Florida. And so when, when Brett got there, he, he inherited a roster of athletes. And, you know, Lovey Smith is an NFL mind and knows how to, you know, he knows how to identify talent. And so Brett took over a, a roster that was pretty darn good uh, and ready, you know. And so then he comes in and kind of puts his system in, and then they got a quarterback this year. And that quarterback helped him. And they went eight and four, and um, so you know, I mean, that, and there's no guarantee. Here's the other thing: there's no guarantee that Illinois is going to be eight and four next. Year. So I think what Matt Rule wants to do is he wants to build a program that can kind of stack seasons on top of themselves, and that means you don't just do it once; you do it three, four, five times, and that takes time. Hey, um, you know, that takes time. Sam, if trust is a two-way street, right? It, it you know, I think. With Ives committing and and people look at the offers, they think, oh, it's Donny Brook, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I get it, right? And and Ortiz, and you know, they think long snapper, and it's hard to cast or it's hard to embrace the vision if you don't know. And I think trust is a two way street, right? If Coach Rule wants us to trust him, then 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 he's got to trust kind of us too, I think, to some degree. Uh, how are you? How does that play out in your head when you're looking at how they need to put a roster together to hit the timeline that you're talking about? Well, I actually think he'll he'll do a good job of that. He'll have full control of it. Um, he didn't really have that in the NFL per se. I mean, sort of yes, and sort of no. It's he wasn't able to get the quarterback position right at least while he was there. You know, I know Sam Darnold won yesterday, and Carolina's five and eight. Might he, might even somehow still win a division. Um, but he didn't get that position quite right when he was there, and that, that wasn't entirely his fault. But he, he has a lot of that in his control now, and he has a track record of building good rosters. I think you're going to see a roster that has some speed uh, and some length. Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, think, I think it'll be more flexible and athletic than what Nebraska had these last couple of years when, in my opinion, they were big. And they were probably strong in some areas, mm-hmm. but maybe not quite as fluid. And so I think Rule will will improve that. Um, as far as the Quentin Ives commit, you know, he, my understanding, and I've talked to people in the the coaching search industry, that the running backs coach is, is seen as a star. Oh yeah, and a rising star. With you. So you know, give give him give him this guy. Like this is his guy. This is this is what. He wants to, you know, he wants to give this kid a chance. He's a, he's a taller, longer back. Um, you know, you, maybe you could move him to receiver if it doesn't work out. I kind of put in the little piece, you know, Nebraska's history with taller, longer backs. The best of whom was probably Maurice Washington. 
and he wasn't here very long. Um, so, you know, we'll see where, where, where it ends up with Ives. But, you know, I mean, you, you hire a running backs coach, you need to give him the chance to bring in the guys he wants. And he's, you know, they're doing that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that I, I, I don't, I think Matt Rule knows what he's doing there. That, that part I think is pretty, pretty straightforward. And the other thing, and I've watched a lot of, you know, his podcasts or ABCA, he's talked about AFCA, he's talked a lot. Um, I, the way that he talks about managing a game, I think, is different from many of his predecessors. And that fact that he, he really thinks about it. And he has a plan when he goes into a football game. And I, I maybe I'm being unfair to Scott. I, I wasn't always entirely sure Scott's plan, which was we're going to take the ball and we're going to score, and then we're just going to, like, you know, outscore the other team, was always a very good plan. <laughs> That's always felt like the plan. And I think rule is a little bit more nuanced and detailed. And, and you know, I think that the, the upgrade Nebraska is getting is just in coaching the football game, the, the how to use timeouts and how to do all that stuff. I think rule will be, will score very high in the game day coaching area. Uh, and, and we won't be able to see that until uh, they're, you know, they're playing Minnesota and Minneapolis next, next August. We're speaking with Sam McEwen, sports editor and Nebraska columnist for the Omaha World Herald and Husker Extra. You can toss him a follow at SWMcEwen, O-W-H, on Twitter. Get all his stuff. Great work from Sam. Sam, something that I wanted to touch on here um, before we, we start winding things down, and I know DB wants to hit you with, uh, with some prep stuff here in a sec, but um, okay. aside from um, football, when we look at women's basketball at Nebraska and what they've been able to accomplish and what – Amy Williams has been able to accomplish as a coach, snagging that 200 uh, career Division One win mark um, as a coach. And I know she won't tell you because she, her goal is to win national championships. It's not to hit accolades like that. But how special of a group has Nebraska women's basketball been able to put together over her time here at Nebraska? Well, she's, she's done a really good job of, of – uh... Let's start with this. Outside of the, the program's success, Amy Williams is, is a really, really good person. And I'm not saying that with St. Praise. Oh, yeah, for sure. And a really good teammate within the athletic department. And these things matter. Like, it's, it's not a small thing. And, and she, she could be an AD one day because of the way that she conducts herself and just her high standards. And so... She's always treated the athletes really well, and she's always been, uh, you know, very patient with injuries, things like that. So there's that. Um, I think uh, their success level has been. I think she would tell you that she wished they'd made a couple more NCAA tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on track to make their third. Um, I think you know she she had a good team early on, and then there was a thing where she added a bunch of really talented freshmen, but they didn't quite mesh with with what was going on with some of the older players. And so there was a couple of years in there, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think she's done a, a really good job and uh, has, has, I think, retooled her roster. Uh, was, I think, fortunate to see Alexis Markowski be willing to reopen her recruitment because that, that would have been one that got away. And I think the credit to Andy and Alexis that they were willing to, 
to re to to re to re uh, look at that, and they did, and and so now they have a really really good player for two and a half more years, and uh, you can build around her, and you can build around Jazz Shelley. And I don't know if Jazz will be there after this year. I, Jazz could go pro, so I don't know what what she's going to plan on doing. But so long as those two are there, you you've got a pretty good basketball team that you that should go to the NCAA tournament. Uh, there's tiers in women's basketball. For people who don't know, I've covered it now for 12 years, so I've learned a lot about women's basketball over that time, college women's basketball. There's tiers. Uh, the tier that there's the, the Connecticut, Stanford, South Carolina tier, which is about four teams, <laughs> and then there's a tier after that, and then there's a tier after that. And Nebraska wants to be in that third tier with the hopes of get, getting to the second tier. Uh, Creighton is in the third tier and wants to get to the second tier. And... Um, that's just it's it's it. That's the challenge that Nebraska needs to continue to pursue is becoming one of the top twenty teams in the country every single year, and then you can bust into that next tier. That 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 top tier is a blue blood tier that's very hard to break into. You have to be Don Staley at South Carolina to break into it. You have to win national championships, multiple national titles to do it, um, and she's done that. But it takes a lot of work to get into that very top tier, and that that's a harder one to. Breach, but Nebraska can absolutely get into that third or second. Sam, we're a little up against. They got about three minutes here. I, I did sure. with the with the all Nebraska selections, all all class selections. I'm just looking right, and I, I'm not so much getting into Flores versus Rezac or Kaline or things like that. But you know, with 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 Carter Nelson and and Davon Hall and and guys trying to get on that first team, and it's not disrespect to them; it's just competitive. When you look at the landscape of high school athletics versus guys with offers and guys in postseason awards, is where would you put this stretch in terms of how competitive being good and recognized in high school sports is in the sport of football? It appears to be highly, highly difficult. It is. It is highly, highly difficult. That's right. Um, I think that we're in a we're in a very competitive moment, especially at receiver, especially at tight end, especially at pass catcher, especially at quarterback. Uh, certainly, Zane is the deserving first team quarterback. Um, but there there are years where you would have said it was someone else because there's so many there's so many good options. Um, so it's very competitive as it relates to the pass game, as it relates to the pass rush. Yeah, game, yeah. Like rushing yeah. the passer. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, I was, I'm younger than you, but I remember when you were in high school. the The competitiveness of the running back thing isn't what it used to be when you were playing in high school. I mean, back then there was about eleven guys. <laughs> And there's not. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, it's no, no. There's true. no question. Uh, yeah, there there was about five guys within four miles of each other. Uh, I mean, you, you look at a guy like Jerry Swain, and people were like, "Who?" And he was unbelievable. Right. He was unbelievable. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I remember all this because I mean, I would you know we went to a lot of games when I was a kid. Anyway, so that isn't that's changed. Like I don't think you have you know that list of of players. Much like in high school basketball, and you remember this too, in the 80s and the 90s, you just had this unbelievable run of guard. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and, and there was there was some Terrence Badgett's in there too, but you had all of these like six foot to six two to six three guards 
that went all over the country and played. And I don't know that it's quite that good now in that area in high school basketball, but you now have these six, seven wings that are, you know, that before would have been forwards and put on a little weight. <laughs> now they play out on the wing. You know, you're Jason Greens or Hunter Salas. Um, but, you know, back in the day, Chuck, there were more Chucky Hepburns than there were Hunter Salases, and now it's kind of reversed. So, I think in high school football, there's just a lot of good players at certain spots, but other spots, not quite as much. It's really good. It's really strong. We could talk about that all day. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we appreciate we'll, you. I'll hit you on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam. I'll talk to you later. All right. <laughs> Take it or leave it. It's next.